Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I come from a background, many of you know, my church background, I come from a church background where, where passing the plate, uh, they would take up four offerings. Uh, where my people at? they take up four offerings. I mean, and they would take up the first offering, and you know, you singing the song, I made a vow to the Lord, and I won't turn back. I made a vow to the Lord. And they're taking up an offering, it's going by, I made a vow to the Lord. Where my people? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, 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 and then they come out and, 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 and they go, and they go, stop, hold the music. That offering was a disgrace because they go in the back and they count it. They come out, that offering was a disgrace. You ought to be ashamed. Now, we're going to take up another offering. I made a vow to the Lord and I won't turn back. I mean, they go back. Oh, well, you know, that offering was a little bit better, but you could have done better. I feel like I'm feeling the Lord is telling me that there are a thousand people, 10 people in this room going to give a thousand dollars. 10 people in this room going to give a thousand dollars that the Lord is telling me. And I'll be going, he must have ain't talking to me. I looked at my neighbor, you, you. He ain't talking to me. I ain't ain't got two nickels to rub together. I I know he ain't talking to me. But that's pressure giving. God does not want you to give in pressure. God wants you to give because you willingly want to give. Uh, and And then number two, not only discreetly, let's move on. Number two, giving should be exercised according to ability. 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 Are y'all tracking with me? Ability. Deuteronomy 16, 10. Then you shall keep the feast of weeks to the Lord your God with the tribute of a free will offering from your hand, which you shall give as the Lord your God blesses you. And then in verse 17 of the same chapter, every man shall give as he is able according to the blessings of the Lord your God, which he has given you. And then if you fast forward to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside. See, that's why I say you ought to do it at home. Huh? Storing up as he may prosper that there be no collections when I come. You see, you should be giving according to ability. And what you give is between you and the Lord. Can I tell you something? Look at me. I do not know who gives what in this church. I have never seen a tithe record. And I never want to. I don't think it's wisdom. Now listen, this is just me. In my humble opinion, I do not think it is wisdom for a pastor to know who is tithing. Because it's your flesh. Now, you might say, oh, well, you know what? I can handle that information. Listen, don't put more confidence in your flesh than you ought to. You might tend to treat that person who's tithing a big tither, huh? 
a little bit different than you would a person who is not. So if a person's a big tither, you're like, well, they call up, they want to have lunch with you. And my secretary, oh, yeah, he's a big tither. Oh, yeah, well, he'll, he'll be available tomorrow. Somebody call up, they don't tithe very much. Oh, well, he's got an appointment on the calendar in December of 2016. <laughs> I don't know who gives what, and it's not my business. I want to minister to everyone right where they are with a clean heart. I don't care what you give or what you don't give. I have no idea, and I don't want to know. What you give is between you and the Lord. No, pe- no two people are required to give the same amount. Did you hear me? You give according to ability, and that means giving on your credit card is not according to ability. Y'all need to hear me. Giving on your credit card is not according to your ability. That's according to Wachovia's ability. That's not according to ability. That's according to Wachovia's ability. You give according to your ability. Now, some lady came up to me after service, and I do need to say this because this is a good point. She said, uh, we pay our bills on our credit cards so we can get the air miles and all the benefits that some of the cards do. And I'm like, oh, and we pay it off at the end of the month. Great. That is no problem because they don't get you with interest or nothing. Because if you pay it off, it's paid off, and you don't pay no interest or nothing like that. But, but you don't give. You know, you hear some of these telethons and some of these bigathons and praise-a-thons and Jesus-a-thons and happy Christian-a-thons and, you know, call in, call in. You know, put, put it on your credit card. Put it on your credit Call in right now. You want to get in on this prayer right now. You want to get in on this prayer. Come on. Yeah, it's like an a auctioneer or something. Eh, you know, uh, uh, go on once, go on once, go on twice. Come on, come on, call in, call in, call in. You got to get a call in. Come on, you want to get in on this prayer right now. Put it on your credit card. Put it on your credit card. Don't put it on your credit card. If you put it on your credit card, that's not of the Lord. And some of y'all got bad credit. Your credit, you got 39,000% interest. You don't want to do that. Stand up if you got bad credit. Don't put it on your credit card. You give according to ability. Number three, giving should be exercised. I hope I'm helping y'all. Giving should be exercised willingly. Exodus 25, 2. Speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if there is first a willing mind... It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. And then we should read the next point because it goes hand in hand. Not only giving willingly, but then we should give cheerfully. Second Corinthians 9, 7. So let each one, point number four, give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, not of necessity, for God loves what saints? A cheerful giver. The word cheerful is Ilario. I-L-A-R-O, Greek word, I-L-A-R-O, and it means we have the word hilarious, cheerful, joyful. In other words, we should have a great joy in giving to the Lord. It should be something we do cheerfully. You don't have to give. You get to give. Did you get that? You don't have to give. You get to give. The church belongs to God, and he'll provide for one way or the other. Or God will make money fall out of the sky if necessary, like manna from heaven. So if you don't want to give, then don't. And you'll never hear a preacher say that, now will you? If you don't want to give, don't. If you don't want to give, you should not give. Because you'll get no reward for that. 
You give because you give cheerfully because you want to give. And if you don't give, listen, you're the one missing out on the blessing. You're missing out on the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than you. Huh? Y'all ain't hearing me. Something bigger than you. What's that, Rodney? The kingdom of God. That's bigger than you. You're missing the opportunity to be a part of something that's bigger than you. Point number five, giving should be exercised lovingly. First Corinthians 13, three, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So if you give more than anybody in the church, or you give more than anybody in the city, or you give more than anybody in the whole state of North Carolina, you don't have love, it means nothing. Your giving should come from a heart of love. And then number six, finally, Giving should be exercised generously. Romans 12, 8, we just read it. He who gives should give with liberality or generously. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 talks about abounding in grace of giving or give generously. Remember, the person with the gift of giving has a supernatural ability to give. It doesn't mean that person has a lot of money. Don't get that confused. The, wo- the woman with the widow's might. Now, she had the gift of giving. Did she have a lot of money? No. It's a heart issue. Remember, I always tell you, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. You don't have to have a lot of money to have the gift of giving. It's just a matter of the heart. Some people don't have a lot of money, but they have the gift of giving because they want to give what they do have. There are people with the gift of giving that have very little. Whether you have the gift of giving or, or, or not does not determine whether you should give. We should all give something. We should all give something. And might I say right here, I don't, again, it's my feeling. I don't understand how we can come to church every Sunday and not give something. Every Christian ought to be giving. Listen, I probably won't preach about giving for another four years, so I'm going to really nail this home, all right? (laughs) Amen. Hold on to your seat. Every Christian should be giving something. I've said it in first, I said it in second service, and I say it now. If every person in this room were to give something, I'm not telling you what to give. The Lord tells you what to give. But if every one of us gave something, we would have that parking lot paved out there. Do you know it is my heart's desire of the Nehemiah Project, and you guys know all about that. The one thing that I'm asking the Lord and have been asking the Lord for, Lord, provide us the money to pave that parking lot. It's about $100,000 to pave that parking lot. But when it rains, I hate it when it rains. I hate it when it rains. Because I love the rain, don't get me wrong, but the parking lot is going to get mushy and muddy and people, there's a lot of people that go to this church. And then people getting out the car and they got the baby bags and, and they got the Bibles and the, and the purses. And, you know, I was telling Captain Jacques last service, I came up with a great ministry idea for him. And a- amen. <laughs> I said, we, we need to get golf carts. And this is a great idea. Get golf carts, and then when it's raining, especially when it's raining, and moms are out there, parked way out there. You know how parking can be. We go get them and bring them down here. Isn't that a great idea? Yeah, I don't think so. 
But we need that parking lot paid. If every single person in this room gave, just gave, by the end of the year, we'd have the money cash. I will not make a loan. We do not do that here at Calvary Chapel. And thus, we are not in debt. Amen. Amen. We are not in debt. But if everybody just gave something, 20 bucks, man, you, you can find 20 bucks in change in most of y'all car. In some of y'all cars, you can't find anything. But, but, but 20 bucks in change, you can find 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. If you did that every time, every Sunday you came to church or Wednesday when you come to church, you left something in that box, God would provide the money to, to do that parking lot. We need to do it together because God has blessed us. We, we, we own 14 acres of property on, on, on this major thoroughfare. This is some valuable property God has blessed us with. We need to take care of it and be a good witness to the city so that they can see that Calvary Chapel, we do things right and we do it biblical. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. And listen, finally, one of the greatest examples of giving is the person of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, come on, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus became poor that man might become spiritually and eternally rich. Now, let me just address something here that I'm not kidding you. I got 47 either emails or inboxes from my Facebook, on Facebook, as to my thoughts regarding last week's decision. 47, that's a lot. So I thought to address it, prayed about it, and a verse comes to mind. I want you to see this verse. Let me, let me have the verse. It's in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 reads this. So they asked him, Jesus, saying, Teacher... But when will these things be, and what shall be there, and what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you do not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is drawing near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. And then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for your testimony. Therefore, settle within your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. This is what Jesus talks about 
when the disciples ask him about the end times. Listen, saints, concerning last week's decision, I would tell you now is the time. Maybe I, I hope I could get 10 witnesses. Now is a time more than ever to be in prayer. To be in prayer. Not only be in prayer, but be sober-minded. Christians, I'm, only, I'm talking to Christians now. If you're not a Christian, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Christians. Now's the time to pray. Now's the time to be sober-minded. Now's the time to be loving and show Christ-likeness. Bitterness and anger and wrath has never proved to be a good example or witness, nor is helpful in any situation. The Bible is clear. A soft answer does what, saints? turns away wrath you know that and at the same time we need to be mindful that the return of christ is nearer than we think i don't understand why we as christians get so caught up in the things of this world this is not my home my home is in heaven and y'all need to clap like you mean it my home is in heaven and if our home is in heaven, then why are we so shocked by what happens on the earth? So they make a decision or they choose a president that you don't like or they make a decision that you don't like or they make a decision that you think is morally wrong, ethically wrong, biblically wrong. Listen, this is not our home. Jesus tells us that these are the signs in which we are to know that his coming is soon. This is how we know. This is how we know. It's nothing worse than being caught off guard. Huh? When it rains, I personally like it when the black clouds come. Amen. Love it when the black clouds, it tells me Rodney get in. Y'all ain't hearing me. Get in. It's going to rain. Well, Jesus said, before I come, know this, that perilous times shall come. And they'll even persecute you for my namesake. Don't worry about what you say. He says, I'll give you wisdom. I'll put wisdom in your mouth. But listen, God can't put wisdom in your mouth if nothing but bitterness is coming out of your mouth. Christian, listen, don't be that Christian. Don't be that person that's arguing over Facebook. It breaks my heart when I see people arguing on Facebook about the decisions that's made. Listen, decisions that's made are the decisions that's made. They don't, in many ways, yes, they will They will more and more affect the church. But these are the things that Jesus told us. And at the same side of our mouth, we say, God knows everything. God knows all he, before the foundation of the world, God knew what was going on. Hallelujah. God knew everything. Well, if God knows everything, then God knew that as well. God knows what decisions are going to be made as well. We as Christians are called to love people. God will judge them. This is what I tell you. You love them, God will judge them. You love them, God will judge them. Christians, let's not be ignorant and slothful. Now, more than ever, we need to ask who's on the Lord's side. Who's on the Lord's side? 
Take your rightful place. You know, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and your place in the body and the gifts. Take your rightful place in the body and spread the word of God and be focused on the things of God. And and, and pour your time and your talent and your resources and your money into the kingdom. Because that is what allows us to do the work of the ministry so that we can share the gospel with more people and more people can come to know Jesus Christ because we know his return is right around the corner. We know that. We know that. So we got to get we got to prepare ourselves. And how we prepare ourselves is by loving people. And when you are bitter and angry and argumentative and a brawler, then they look at you and say, see, that's what I'm talking about. We don't want to be that Christian. We don't want to be that kind of person. Let's not waste our time focusing on putting out little fires of the world. Can I tell you something? This is a little fire of the world. This is a little fire. We don't need to waste our time on that. We need to put our efforts in telling people about Jesus. The time is now to focus on reaching the lost. God knows, God sees, and God cares. Somebody say amen. And he's on his way. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? And if you do, then act like it. Act like it. Stop playing church. Now's the time to stop playing church. And that's why I want you to give. Because now's the time to stop playing church. Now's the time to get serious about the things of God. Stop playing church. Do do you get it? The world is not playing. There ain't no joke outside them four walls. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? There ain't no joke outside the four walls. They're not playing. We're playing church. So we come, we listen to a great sermon, we ha, 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 key, 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 that was a great sermon. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, Pastor Mike was on today, yeah, yeah, oh, great, great, great. And you go out and live any way you want. That's not cool. That's being a hearer only. The Bible says be a hearer and a doer of the word of God. Now is time. My question to you is who's on the Lord's side? And if you are on the Lord's side, then act like that and give to the kingdom and do your part in the, in, in, in involved in the kingdom. I was reading this morning for my devotion in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. The Bible says that Jesus is the ruler of the kings of this earth. Don't you understand that if God knows everything and he knows Everything and he knew everything before the foundation of the world, before the world was ever laid, before he ever said light be and light was. I'm coming in for a landing. Before he ever said light be and light was, God knew of last week. He is the ruler of the kings of this earth. Man doesn't rule anything, they think they do, but they don't realize that God is just. Pulling strings and puppeting situations. Why? Because his word must be fulfilled. Christians, stop it. Stop it. Stop arguing. Stop fighting. Stop being so bitter. Stop being so worldly. 
because it's worldly when you start getting involved in the worldly things. I understand these things affect the church, but you've got to understand what God says. These things must be. So therefore, you find yourself boxing with God. Can I tell you something? Your arm's too short to box with God. Am I right about it? Stop it. Be a good witness for the Lord. Be a good witness for Jesus. Don't, don't, don't let other people get you involved in that. Facebook is like awful. And I like being on Facebook, actually, because I know what's going on. It, it helps to keep me involved in what is going on so that I know how to lead the church because people are on Facebook. And that's where you can find out what's going on culturally and address it biblically. Don't argue with people. Show them Christ-like love regardless of who they are or what they do. And God will bless you for it. See you out amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.